This audio is presented to you by Abdul Fattah Adayami. For more lectures and counseling services, visit www.abdulfattahadayami.com. Listen, learn, laugh and think deeply as you edit your universe. My name is Abdul Fattah Adeyemi. The topic of discussion is living a beautiful life, right? Living a beautiful life, or what we refer to as a good, wholesome life, as an Islamic lifestyle standard, so to speak. The whole of the talk will be based or you know, the concept of what we shall discuss will all surround the uh, verse of the Glorious Quran in Surah Al-Nahl, chapter 16, verse 97 of the Glorious Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, billahi <laughs> Whoever works righteousness, man or woman, and has faith in Allah, verily we will certainly enliven him with a good, wholesome life and will bestow on such a person or such people their reward according to the best of their actions. Their rewards will come according to the best of the action. Not the small ones, not the ones that are not too good, not the um, manageable ones, not, not little actions. Allah will select the best and reward you based on that, the best. Meaning that, Allah Akbar. Let's say you have done 100 deeds. 80 of them are not good enough. Some other percentage were ruined with bad intention. Allah will now like look for one particular one where you score highest. And he will now judge you over 100. Yes, we are going to give them their reward with the best. Hassan, then Ahsan, the best of the things that you have done. This is a bonanza. And I feel very happy about it. That So, so that means that by default, Islam has given us the beautiful life. By default, we only need to dig into it and get what we need from Islam. In one respect, the contemporary lifestyle of Muslims is essentially no different from the lifestyles of other people who are not Muslims, unfortunately, because for both Muslims and non-Muslims, the optimum standard of the good life, it is natural and necessary to possess sufficient material needs in order to fulfill human needs. At least you need money now to eat, to you know, clothe yourself, to pay your bills. There's no problem if a Muslim and somebody who is not a Muslim, if we all pursue money and we all look for good life. The only problem is when these material possessions begin to stimulate our appetites and incite a never-ending thirst for more possessions beyond what is sufficient. So this material-based standard can replace human values by material wants if they are not handled well. We are all to look for materiality, but it shouldn't be the one that's going to overshadow the value systems that we have. And so human values become measured, unfortunately, according to price tags, according to brand names, reflecting worldly criteria for fulfillment according to the cars you have, according to the houses you have, everybody begins to think, oh, you have a good standard of life because of the kind of cars you use or the kind of houses you've built or the kind of dresses you wear. It's not as if these are bad things. The only thing is 
you remember the prophet told us to say wala taj'al ad-dunya akbar hammina wala mablagha ilmina wala let not this dunya be the greatest of our pursuits wala mablagha ilmina let it not be the one that overshadows and over you know overpowers all of the things that we ever know how to do so when it is like this we have to be cautious how may we now assess what is natural and what is necessary for proper human standards the idea of the good wholesome life that we mentioned in that verse hayatan tayyibatan good life or pure life as stated in the quran they offer an altogether different standard for us to follow so that we don't get things mixed up in everything that we do now look at it this way now how do lifestyles affect our perceptions of a beautiful life in fact which of them even comes first lifestyle or your perception is it the lifestyle you live that will let you know what a beautiful life is or your knowledge of beautiful life is what will determine what your perception or your lifestyle should be which one are we supposed to follow first and then what are lifestyles i'm trying to approach beautiful life from lifestyle i'm trying to explain beautiful life by explaining what lifestyles are lifestyle is is a very fluffy word it can be applied to anything it can fuel our desire to be like other people you want to buy more things like other people you want to own things like other people own things you want to do things the way people do things about the things you heard or the thing you've seen either through your thought or dream or through your dream you are dreaming that you want to live you want to be like that person i wish i could be like that person i wish i could have a lifestyle like that of that person i wish my lifestyle should be i don't need to worry about money again i don't need to bother about um, about things again i wish i wouldn't need to worry about where to park my private jet rather than how to get mechanic to fix my broken car you know those kind of things just be like i wish i could be like you some people would like to like copy and paste their lives into yours some lifestyles can look very nice so by definition a lifestyle is a way that an individual or a community lives that's typically constructed by the routines what are the things they usually do or by their habits what are the habits of this kind of people that you love or you admire their lifestyles or what are the values that they have Sometimes the celebrities, the influencers, they use this kind of lifestyle to sell things, to sell some brand, to make us want to be like them, to make us want to look like them, to want to make us to feel like them. Like they, they, they like feel so good about themselves. And you see somebody who hold the um, you know, red uh, plastic uh, cup with maybe wine inside it, is wearing a bumper, uh, you know, wearing some t-shirt and uh, his jumpsuit. jumpsuit, they call it. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I'm not used to that lifestyle. <laughs> jumpsuit, then they wear their canvas and then they like uh, pose in front of their cars and they just take life as if life is so easy. As if all of you, you are just roasting. <laughs> You know when you entered into an aircraft sometimes, you know, there's the economy side, there's the uh, <laughs> business class. <laughs> then, you know, those of you who are sitting at the economy class, uh, you know, the hostesses, when they want to draw the curtain, they like look at all of you, some as if now, now, <laughs> as if then they, they like pull the curtain <laughs> like that. And you be like, so you are shutting us out of life. <laughs> Yeah, then the, the people in the first class, you know, like, uh, if it's an aircraft where you have to pass through where they, where they sat, you know, they will have disembarked. You know, they will have gone down, then the rest of you will be kept standing and waiting until when they are done. Then they will now open that place, then all of you will just, like, file out like that. Then you're, like, looking at the place they sat, you're like, hmm, like, wow, some people sat here. <laughs> when we were there squeezing ourselves, we don't even know this armrest beside us. We don't know whose it is. Because there's somebody beside you, you're also here. You don't know, is it my own or is it that person's own? Then you feel like you're chill like that. And you're going to remain like that for as long as the flight sustains. Subhanallah. 
Then you like be nice, you know, when they are passing these snacks, you like collect for your neighbor and you pass to the other person and you <laughs> go and taste first class and see lifestyles. Yes, lifestyles. There are some people who don't do any other flight apart from the business class. They are used to it, and when you look at the cost, it's like 120% more than yours. You're like, oh, well, after all, we all get there at the same time. Yeah, you, you, like, you, like, you like turn it to rough like that. You, 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 you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just sack yourself. After all, we all get there at the same time. Uh, uh, they're wasting money. Somehow, sometimes it's usually a it's just usually a facade. You just think their lives are better than yours, right? Tell me the truth. If you never thought like that, you you think their lives are better. You think they don't have problems. You think they, <laughs> mashallah, define problem. <laughs> it is first class. We know that some of these celebrities and influencers and the big shots. We know that they also have a life. But it's a kind of lifestyle that they have built around themselves. Sometimes the media assists in building these lifestyles. This profile sometimes is one-sided. We only see the beautiful side of it. We don't see the other side of it. And uh, almost anything can be considered a lifestyle. But let's, let's look at how um, we can see much more than that. It's very broad. That's what I'm trying to say. I only gave those people's lifestyle as example of you know lifestyles. In fact, there are some magazines they name lifestyle. There are some TV programs they name lifestyle. There are some pop TV programs that you see all about lifestyles. You know how people live, and it's usually good. It's usually nice. It's usually very very interesting. I only don't know why or whether we notice that when you watch this lifestyle thing off record. I watch it sometimes. And I tried to see whether there are Muslims living those kind of lifestyles. And I eventually got to see that, well, maybe we don't consider it um, a big deal for two reasons. One, because we are not supposed to live those kind of luxurious lifestyles. Or two, luxurious lifestyles are so much part of Islam that it's not a big deal to us again. Which of this is true? Okay, let's see now different types of lifestyles. Let's go for a ride. We have the active lifestyle. You know, somebody who is outgoing, somebody who is extrovert. Um, if you are extroverted, that means that's your lifestyle. An active lifestyle includes people who exercise. You know, some people would like to jog, like to go for a walk. They have those things they wear. They are registered at a particular gym or not, or the other. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's an active lifestyle. Many of you have seen people do that. And many Muslim ladies are beginning to look for the hijab-appropriate dressing for uh, exercise, outdoors especially. Socializing, you know, going to parties, attending nikah, attending weddings, you know, attending social functions, going to a salatu. I only added that as part of it. It's social, it's social religious. You understand what I mean? Social religious. Yes, it's it's a nice thing. I've attended too, and you catch fun apart from do the Ibadah thing there. But it's quite nice. You know, people socialize, they greet each other. Uh, Alaji Amulikat, uh, Alaji uh, Lukman, ah, we didn't see you last week, hope all is well. They do those kind of socialization. Then, yeah, it's generally like doing what makes you feel good. This doesn't mean that you have to be productive all day, but the thing is you are active in the things you do. And one of the signs of being or living an active lifestyle is you doing those exercises or, you know, actively dressing up every weekend and say you are going to social and so place. That's very active. Don't underrate it if you do it. It's very important. Then we also have the healthy lifestyles. This may, you know, when you... You are cautious of what you eat, you know, you, are, you try to be nutritious about your food, your choice of food, you avoid junk food, you avoid fast food, you go for slow food instead. To keep your body active, you eat a nutritious diet. And so a healthy lifestyle is the first step towards an active lifestyle. If you are not healthy, you can't be active. So if you are living a healthy life, we say it's a healthy lifestyle. You see people would take all, all sorts of um, food supplements 
you know these things that trend on the social media now food supplement this one to cleanse your system this is a detoxifier all of those things they will tell you to go and drink uh, uh, some tablets morning and evening those kind of things they are still part of lifestyle healthy lifestyle that people are struggling to live do you understand now if you have not been diabetic you will not understand why a diabetic person is very choosy about the kind of things they eat and drink these are very important aspects of lifestyles then we have some people who have solo lifestyles they like to go in all alone they move alone they travel alone they walk alone they get more responsible with this and in this kind of nice lifestyle, there's no judging, so you can achieve whatever you want to achieve. Nobody will say, why did you spend? Why did you not spend? Why did you sit? Why did you travel? Where are you going? Where are you coming from? You don't need anybody's permission because the lifestyle is solo kind of lifestyle. Where you just do things on your own. A lady that has remained unmarried for too long, she may, you know, she may drift into this kind of lifestyle. Nobody tells her don't go out nobody says where are you coming from nobody says don't go there nobody says don't come back late because she has remained single for a long time so this kind of solo lifestyle may you know boomerang if she eventually finds somebody to marry and by the time she gets married she will be like so why would you tell me not to not to go out i mean i i want to go out i i, I have to go out <laughs> And other ones say, no, you can't go. Then she'll be like, no, that's somewhere in between no way and no how. I already have my plan scheduled for today. I have my to-do list. <laughs> so people who live solo lifestyle like that, it has pros and cons, you know? Some guys, too, are used to solo lifestyles. He lives alone. He's has been a bachelor for a long time. He goes to work, he comes back. He goes to work, he comes back. He goes to work, he comes back. Then at another time, he goes to work and he comes back. He also goes to work and he comes back. <laughs> That's all he does with his life. And he has a, a freezer. He has deep freezer. He has microwave. He has gas cooker. He has kerosene cooker. He has so many of those. He has rice boiler. He has pounded yam maker. He has fruit extractor. He has all of those things ready-made for himself. And he has his alarm clock. So it's a solo life. Wherever he puts his remote control, that's where he meets he it. it. He, he doesn't want anybody to touch his things. And that's how he lives his life. You understand it now? A life of microwave. It's sometimes you almost, almost microwave ice cream. Because he, he, he just lives on his own. He, may, he might have got so comfy with that for a long time that... It's difficult for him to, you know, accommodate a wife. You know what I mean? Accommodate yeah. somebody else who will mess up the whole place in his own view. <laughs> you know, mess up the whole place. One guy quarrel with the wife that the wife doesn't know how to wash his plate. Be like, your plate? When you are married, they all belong to your wife. He said, no, that he, whenever he washes plates, he will use one toilet to clean off the dripping water from there, and everything just pestlessly arranged. What's the English language for that? Is that pestlessly? Is it English? Yes, you know, you just like arrange it the way he wants. Ah! So it was a lot of quarrel between the two of them. They even thought it's incompatibility. It's as serious as that. There's this other guy who lives a solo lifestyle. He doesn't wash, he doesn't do anything. If he eats, uh, by eats rice, remain, he put it in the deep freezer. Rather than wash plates, he will keep used plates in the deep freezer. It's only the day he wants to wash, he will bring it out like that, you know, put it under the running dish, and then like rub something on it. The ones he has washed like uh, three months, he will just like bring it out, he will blow it like that, and then he keeps eating. That's his own lifestyle, solo lifestyle. Oh more, it can be a lot of headache. Some people are used to that, and um, it's a lifestyle on its own. And then we also have rural lifestyle. You know what I mean by this one? This is followed by um, villages. The daily routine of those people may include doing farm works, you know, farm-related works. They live close to nature. It's a peaceful way of living life. There's no noise. There's no carbon monoxide, there's no, nothing disturbs them. Some people are even happier to live this kind of lifestyle with no glamour and no social status. Some of them are not even documented. They don't have ID card, they don't have ATM card, they just get what they get from their farm and that's okay for them. You may not know that they are happy. You wonder how do you survive where there's no network? And they'll be like, what do we need network for? You say you want to call friends, we don't call, we visit. We don't call, we visit one another. From that village, from this hamlet, from this hut, we visit one another. 
And if it's a lot of problems, you come outside and you shout, everyone in the village will hear what you are saying. So there's no need for alarm system, there's no need for CCTV camera, we don't even want any police here. We don't steal each other's things. And you'll be like, ah, what kind of life is this? No running water or anything. They say, we like you to go to the stream. It's refreshing to go to You, you poo-poo inside your house because you have toilet and suite into your room. They'll be like, ah, what kind of life is that? Go out, take the fresh air, go far and do... Um... <laughs> I like those best. <laughs> So you see, it's a rural kind of lifestyle. Some people live like that. They, they were born that way. They live that way and they die that way and nothing happened. Right? So, and they are still happy for it. You see, the fresh smell of the mud house, nothing compares to it. The wonder how do people survive, you live in bricks and stones and irons and concretes and steels. They wonder how do you live life? No flowers, nothing. Everything is matched together. You live in high-rising building. You don't. What be tired if your neighbor upstairs eats pounded yam? They be like, what kind of life is this? They don't like your own lifestyle the way you also suspect this. Then we also have um, the opposite of that: the urban lifestyle. Those who live in the urban centers, you know, concentrated cities. The fast-paced lifestyle, drive here, drive there, stay two hours in traffic, traffic. waste three hours in traffic, pretend to be listening to radio, your eardrums are bustling, you are juggling to control your vehicle so as to hit another vehicle, not somebody to hit you, you are suspicious of every other person on the road as if they are all crazy and mad people, you think they are also looking forward to hit you by all means, and then you stop at traffic light, and then the traffic light like just make you to stop and blink towards you at the time, and then it's not a respecter whether you're in a hurry or not. And everybody is in a hurry, far, 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 wanting to do things. This is the kind of lifestyle that some people are used to. That's why those who live in the urban centers, they don't like any other lifestyle apart from that. It can be very tough, but very exciting too, if you know how to enjoy it. It can also be very expensive. Sometimes the kind of house rent you pay, you dare not tell people in the village. <laughs> And the kind of car you use, even your chief in the village is not using that kind of car. Yet, you still think you are a poor person. Oh! So it brings, sometimes it brings more material goals to you if you are in the urban center living urban lifestyle. You like to, you know, acquire certain things. It's even a status thing now to say, where do you live? You don't want to say, I live in Soso Street. Anyone say, I live in Soso Estate. You know, Queen's Estate. King's Estate. Paradise Estate, you know, <laughs> all of those things, this deceptive estates that we live <laughs> with seriously looking security guards that everybody has to call you before they come to see you. And then we think it is okay like that. We think it is okay like that. I'm not saying it is not okay, I just, I'm just amazed how, how we just follow trends like that. These are the kind of lifestyles some people created for us. And then we must buy into it. You buy just two bedroom flat, they say it is 15 million. <laughs> Why? Because it is so so and so pleasant. Excuse me, this is going to give me how many houses? Um, <laughs> in the village. In the village. <laughs> 15 million. You buy just two bedroom flat. And then everybody wonders are you okay? Is, is anything wrong with you? You say, I'm okay now, nothing is wrong with me. I tell that to the people in the village they will confirm that something is wrong with you. <laughs> then with all the money you make, you mean you spend this amount on school fees, 1.5 milli for one term. <laughs> for nursery school, I will you be like. Then some people will almost like curse you for doing that. <laughs> well, it's a lifestyle though. Nobody forced you. You are the one that stuck your neck because you went to school and because you want to remain in the city. And so, I like those best. I'm not discouraging you. You have your money, blow it, it's all yours. Baruana. Then we also have the nomadic lifestyle. People who move from one place to the other. You understand what I mean by this? We have example of that in Nigeria. They move with their cattles, move from here to here. Some people are not cattle rearers, but they still live nomadic lifestyle. You cannot stay in one place for long. Some people cannot stay in a particular place for six months. By virtue of their job, some people go for transfers here and there. Transfer to Lagos, transfer to Botaco, transfer to Kano, back to Abuja, and then from there, transfer to another place. So people 
these are also part of a lifestyle some people enjoy it they are not stable but they are not bothered you know their children will do uh, nursery one here they will do nursery two in another place Allah Akbar. but we also have digital lifestyle the one that many of us are living most of us we live half of our day in this lifestyle <laughs> can we do phone fasting not to touch your phone for three hours some people will die before that three hours. They will be. They will develop anxiety. <laughs> it, it will degenerate into a mental health situation for some people not to touch their phones early in the morning. People are going more and more digital as time passes. A digital lifestyle is a good or bad uh, lifestyle depends on how you look at it. You know, um, it can benefit us in many ways. It can also harm us in many ways can benefit us because you can connect with people, with more people than in real life. You can learn a lot. You can know what is happening. You can, you know, can be current. However, a digital lifestyle can be harmful to us because our lives are depending on it. Digital lifestyle has also le led to some people losing their marriages, you know, losing very important opportunities because they were all there in the digital world, not in the real world of normal human beings. Allah Akbar. May Allah have mercy on us. There are so many other types of lifestyle. We have the, the corporate life, lifestyle, you know, corporate. That's people who like to wear, you know, corporate dresses. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me say it boldly. Suit and tie, you know, that kind of lifestyle. Suit and tie, shirts and tie, uh, you know, that. Suit and <laughs> Yeah, some ladies too, suit and skirt. Thank you. It's a kind of lifestyle, all they do is file, all they do is have big offices. You wonder, what do these people actually do? Many of the things they do are quite abstract, uh -huh, but they like to wear this style because that's the office life. Yes, let me put it another way, office life. They like to go to the office, they have office bag, they go in the morning, they close in the night. Amongst them are those who do this nine to five thing. You know, that's one of the worst inventions in human economy. You know, it, it, I don't want to tell you disadvantage, but you know, it's a corporate lifestyle. You have the office set up. Here's the secretary. Here's the, this one. Here's the boss. Uh, you know those kind of things now. It can be very boring sometimes. <laughs> very boring. You can't wear anything you want. You say, no, no. This is how you must dress. Corporate dress. This is how you must appear. They give you the rules. You also, you also feel in your mind that this is a kind of lifestyle that requires certain servicing. It determines sometimes where you go to eat. You don't see such people go to Mama Put or go to local uh, Amala joint. They be unless they have to loosen the tie a bit and they like to go to places. Those kind of places you watch on TV, you know, to go and have a dinner. If they don't call it afternoon food, they call it lunch. Let me invite you for lunch. Those kind of things. It's a kind of lifestyle they've created. They may have the money, they may not have the money. Many of those things are just ephemeral. At the end of it all, they say have to come deep down, deep down to reality of life and begin to survive like other persons. So you see, let me not talk too much about corporate lifestyle. You all know what it is. You know, this is the boss. You know, they have all of those things. They, they have their ways of doing their things. For some people, that's the only life they ever want to live. They can't imagine any other life. But for some other persons, it is boring. How can I be wearing coat and tie every day? For what? Can't I wear anything that I want? There's no, no, you can't do that here. Hello, excuse me. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror today? Please don't ever come to the office like that. In fact, we serve you a query for them. Like, I just want to wear what I want to wear. So, you, know, you see, sometimes it's a substitution. You believe that your brains cannot function well without wearing those things. It's like what you wear is a stimulant to your brain to be able to function at a certain level that some people have created for you as your lifestyle. Whether you like it or not, you key in into that. Oh, love Akbar. May Allah have my son off. Farming is another lifestyle. They appear in some ways. They don't bother about some things, but they are extremely very rich. I'm telling you. Go and find out. Very rich, richer than the one that is wearing tie, and his salaries are measured for him every month. This one, what that salary man with coat and tie will make in one month, he just goes to the market casually, and that's what he makes in one day. Allah Akbar. Then we have lifestyle of of workaholic. There's another lifestyle. I don't know if you agree with me. It's a lifestyle poverty. Yeah, it is. 
yeah, poverty is a kind of lifestyle, right? Yeah, there are some people who, that is their life. They they can't think of any other lifestyle apart from the poor person's lifestyle. If you have ever been poor before, you'll understand what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. I've been poor before, I'm retired now. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> but what I'm saying is poverty, the Prophet said, anybody who should open the door of begging for himself, Allah will open the door of poverty for him. So some people, they beg their way into poverty. <laughs> Many people don't know that this is a lifestyle. And you see, they don't eat nice things in public because if they do that, people will not give them money again. They don't wear nice dresses because if they dress well, people will not give them, you know, you know people will not think they are poor anymore. And so they will lose those handouts that they collect from people. May Allah save us from that. Oh, Allah, please forgive us, forgive us, yeah, Allah, forgive us. May Allah save us from poverty and everything that leads to it. All right, let's leave that um, lifestyle thing alone, but not without mentioning the military lifestyle. I hope you know it's a lifestyle on its own. They have their regimented life. You can't go out and say with a pass. And some of them love it. They love being military. They love wearing the uniforms. They enjoy their lives by doing that. But for some of us who are not into military, we'll be like, ah, what kind of life is this? So, subhanAllah. If you see your superior like this, you have to, like, you know, stand at a lot. And then those kind of things, they enjoy it in their own world. It's a different world entirely. Please, if you see them, you should respect them for their lifestyle. If you can't do it, just, just chill. Do your own thing. Don't bother yourself. Don't even ask any question. It's something that they do, and that's the only way some of them know. The, a person will start from Boy Scout, from primary school. And from there, he'll move on to secondary school, then go to NDA. From there, he continues his career until he becomes... Major general, or it becomes whatever other other things like that. It's a lifestyle on its own. If you are marrying them as a woman, be ready to change your lifestyle to suit their own. You can't have your husband every time, and you must get married to that. Allah Akbar. I will not stop without mentioning this last lifestyle I want to mention. That's lifestyle based on spiritual or religious preferences. We have many religious preferences. We have a lot of spiritual experiences that people promulgate nowadays. We have Hinduism, there's Baha'i faith. There's also Buddhism, there's Christianity. I hope you know that. There are some cults that people do. There's also evangelism. There's Judaism, there's missionary. You know, people go around. That's a lifestyle for them. In the Islamic um, interpretations, we have uh, some brothers who say they are tablik. It's a lifestyle. They go from place to place, go to preach, go to do that. It's a lifestyle. In the way they appear, in the way they do their things, in the way they treat their families, in the way they relate with others, in their ideologies that they carry, in the kind of places they travel to, in the kind of boldness that they have in leaving everything behind and going to a certain place, not bothered about technology or about, uh, you know, media life or about telephone life or about things like that. This eating simple things, eating things they can get off hand, saving money to do all of these things. It's a complete lifestyle that can be very strange. Very, very strange indeed. But that is theirs. So the Christians, they have missionaries too. The Hindus, they have missionaries too. They have people go around like that. The monastic people, we have the priesthood amongst them. There's also this one that I'm interested to, the Rasta. <laughs> Rastafarians. It's another... A spiritual, religious, cultural a kind of um, lifestyle. You know, they like to grow their, their dreadlocks. You know what I mean now? Aha, long dreadlocks. They have certain kind of appearances that look weird to you, but it is very, very attractive amongst them. You be a rasta, you like wear some colors, dress in some ways. Let me not describe it so that you don't think I'm decrying them, it's their life, that's their choice, it's what they want to do. And sometimes you, we, we have the impression that they all smoke in their M, not all of them, <laughs> not all of them. Some of them see smoking them as a kind of spiritual uh, enhancement. Yeah, when you smoke it, they feel that you have some transcendence in, your, in the way you feel. Some other religious cults also do that, they do drugs to enhance their spirituality. So we have the Rasta, we have the Zen, we have the yoga that some of you try to do nowadays. So it's all about um, religious or spiritual lifestyle. 
But what of Islam? Is Islam also a lifestyle? Yes or no? Yes. Why is Islam called a deen? It's called a deen because a way of life. The word deen is a significant term used in the Quran and it could mean a way of life. It can mean framework for governance. That is where you derive your sharia, the way you adjudicate your matters from. It can be a way of recompense. That's deen. You know, you can't deal with deen. Have you seen the person who denied the day of judgment? So deen can be recompense. You live your life as if you are going to account for something. You understand what I mean? Yeah, you live your life as if somebody is watching, as if somebody is going to ask, as if somebody is concerned about what you do, what you eat. There are billions of people in the world, but you live your life as if somebody, somebody will hold me accountable for the opportunity of being in this world with these billions of human beings. So it is so much to you that even a drop of alcohol, you consider that somebody is going to ask you, and in naive. You believe you are going to be asked. That's why it's a deen, a, a something of recompense. It's also a reward, a recutal. It's a judgment. It's a dominion. It's a way of obedience. It's a religion or it's a kind of natural order. So the word has been used in the Quran in so many senses. You see Quran chapter 4 verse 125. Allah says, Wa man Who is better in lifestyle who is better in way of life than the person who has submitted his face to Allah and is a doer of good deed and he also follows the footpath of Ibrahim somebody who was pure somebody who was honest and sincere somebody who never worshipped anyone but Allah Hanifan, someone who only submitted to Allah alone in monotheism. Ibrahim And because of that, Allah took Ibrahim as a close friend. In other words, this deen of Islam as a way of life, if you understand it the way this verse has explained it, then you have adopted the best lifestyle for yourself. And Allah also says, Quran chapter 5, verse 3, Allah says, Aliyaum akmatulakum deenakum. Today, I've completed your way of life for you. And I've perfected my favors on you. And I'm pleased that Islam should be your way of life. Check that out. That's your lifestyle. If a Muslim, Islam should be your way of life, should be your lifestyle. Quran chapter 3 verse 85. Allah says, Anybody who should choose another lifestyle apart from that of Islam, it's not going to be accepted from that person. And person will be a loser in the day of judgment. Loser. What does that make you to feel? It makes you to feel that this lifestyle is a lifestyle that is geared towards a hereafter. Certain hereafter that exists. And certain hereafter that we believe in. Then Allah says, Who are the Arsala Rasulah will Huda? Quran chapter 48 verse 28 is Allah that has sent his messenger with guidance and the region of truth and the way of life of truth. All other ways of life are false. So that this Islam will supersede every other way of life. And Allah is the best sufficient as witness for this. It's Allah that has created life. It's Allah that has created the styles. And the lifestyles belong to Allah. And you have to tailor your own lifestyle alongside with the deen of Allah. Deen ul qayyim. The religion that is straightforward. The religion that is not crooked. Allah Akbar. Now, are you following me gradually now? Now, this is where we are going now. We have looked at so many lifestyles. And we are now coming to see which one is the Islamic lifestyle out of all of these things. If you are Muslim, you are expected to live a lifestyle of a Muslim. Right? Some of us are living wrong lifestyle altogether. So we've got to do a lot of change. May Allah make it easy for us. So what is Islamic lifestyle? Islamic lifestyle, I want to substitute it with a wholesome lifestyle. Wholesome lifestyle. And that's the one about the verse we mentioned earlier on about Hayat and Toyibatan. 
when Allah says, Man Amila Solihan, whoever should do righteous this means Zachary in our own star, male or female, Wahua Mu'min, and the person say Mu'min, not Muslim alone, Mu'min. Allah will reward the person by making him to live the beautiful life. And then, not only in this world, and he's going to be rewarded in the day of judgment, with the best of what he has done. Now, what is this Hayatan Toyibatan that we are talking about? It comes in so many ways, and we have also seen that it is um, something that has to do with both worlds this world and hereafter. Number one of aspect of Hayat and Tojibata is to have what we refer to as intentional living. Once you set your intentions aright, every other thing will fall in place for you. You will live a very good life. The Prophet said, Actions are to be judged according to the intentions. And this intention is so very important. For everybody is what he intends to do. That means you, you go through life intentionally. This is how to live a beautiful life. Beautiful life, wholesome life, Islamic life. I'm putting all of them as if they are synonyms. Intentional living. Living your life with intention. Everything you want to do, you have an intention. You want to make solat, you have intention. You want to make ablution, you have intention of making ablution for worship. Then, you want to eat, you want to sleep, you want to drink, you want to ride a car. Why do you want to have a nice car? Why? Why do you want to have a nice house? Why? Because other people are doing it? Because you want to belong to a class? You know, we are in this world for Ibadah, right? Allah has neither created the jinn kind and mankind except to worship him. I need you to infuse the intention of making it ibadah in whatever thing you have or own. You understand what I mean now? Not necessarily because anybody is going to appreciate you or you, you don't really care about what people say. If you live life caring about what people say, you will still be disappointed. You understand what I mean now? You want to have these things as a way of ibadah. How? Maybe it makes ibadah easier for you, right? Or maybe it makes life easier for you so that you can do more ibadah. Or you just want Allah to see the sign of his blessings on you because Allah says, Oh, you household of Dawood, walk gratitude. Show gratitude. Mean that in your action, in the things you have, you want to Allah, you want to be grateful to Allah. So you wear thank you. Yeah, to Allah be the glory. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, to the glory of Allah. Please mark those words very well. Let everything be intentional. That way you will not be afraid of anyone. You will not run beyond what you can do. Because you know this is who I am, this is where I am, this is what I want to wear, and I'm going to wear. Absomasha Allah, lutely anything I want to wear for the sake of Almighty Allah. You grab my gist now. To live a beautiful life, just have that good intention. Not to impress anyone, not to oppress anyone, not to suppress anyone. You know what I mean? And you are not doing it because you want people to praise you or because you want to trend in the social media. Many of these things are false. If you do it for those things, you will always be disappointed. If you want to do it because you want to belong to the class of rich people, there are those of them who look at you and say, look, where, where have you been? We don't know you. You don't belong to this class. Among the rich persons, they know those who are rich amongst them. Let me move on. I don't want to speak too much on that because we have a long way to go. You know what I mean by all of these things I'm saying? Just make your intention to be all right. In fact, you can join politics. You can have political lifestyle if your intention is to serve Allah by serving your people, then you are okay. You know, just just put the, it's like password. Just put the password and you are okay. You don't need to worry at all. So to have a beautiful house with swimming pool and things like that, there's nothing wrong with them. Just just put the intention in place. You understand what I mean now? Thank you for understanding. Then another way of living a beautiful life is minimalism. As the motto goes, less is more. It is living with the minimum amount of objects you need 
and disconnecting your attachment for, from these items. You have them, but you are not attached to them. You have very nice phone, expensive phone, but your life doesn't depend on it. Do you understand what I mean now? You have a very nice car, but your life doesn't depend on that car. You still have your life. You are in a very good position in your office, but that is not your life. You know that all of those things are artificial, but you are still yourself. That's minimalism. It doesn't enter into your head. You are still yourself. Opposite to this is maximalism. You see, it's, it's almost like word and opposite. Maximalism is for you to make the maximum use of what you have. Maximally benefit from what you have. You know what I mean by that now? So sometimes it can be a, a kind of bold expression and connection with what you have, but you are making the best use of it to your advantage. Not for you to build so many things that you cannot use. You know what I mean now? It's just like, the, if, even if it is two-bedroom uh, you know, house you have, you maximize the use of it such that it becomes very useful for you. Allah Akbar. Another thing that can give you beautiful life, we call it um, essentialism. That you only focus on what is essential in life. You don't go too far this way. You don't go too far this way. Essentialism is a moderation between minimalism and um, and maximalism. Thank you. The Quran says, Those who, when they spend, they are not extravagant and they are not niggardly. And they hold a just balance between the two extremes. That's the moderation, and that's what we call essentialism. If you can have essentialism in your life, then your life is going to be very, very beautiful. The Prophet said, Khairul umur awsatuha. The best of all affairs is the balanced one. If you can be balanced in your life, then you are going to have a beautiful life. And that's what Islam is all about. Islam is a balanced religion. Ummatan wasatan, the balanced ummah. Not too much like this in flamboyance and not too much like this in, 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 in miserliness. Thank you. So another way of living a beautiful life under Islam is to have what we call slow living. You know, you talk about fast food, right? And then you talk about slow food. Fast food is one you do, you know, you know, uh, how do I put it? Sharp, sharp, like that. You just put things together. You call it fast food. Then slow food is a food that you cook gradually and you get the best of taste from that. The same thing with our life. Slow living is when you take one day at a time. Approach your daily activities in order to enjoy the present. Not the way we... I'm looking for... What's the English word for gri, 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 gri? Or gra, gra? Not this one that we run up and down. You know, you, you lose focus. You don't... Allah Akbar. You, you walk past things, you eat food, you don't even feel the tastes anymore. You are not even concerned about what it looks like. You don't bother about what it smells like. You don't bother about what it feels like to eat certain things. So you are in the world of fast food. Then fast living is the same thing as that. You live day in, day out. You don't benefit anything from the blessings of the day. Astaghfirullah. May Allah forgive all of us. When you are constantly busy, your life can feel chaotic. And very stressful. Sometimes you feel depressed. You feel used. You feel exhausted. All of the things that should interest you, they don't interest you again. You no longer experience brain with the things that you do. Everything gives you a headache. It's because you are living a fast life. If you live a slow life, you'll understand that things are gradual. You understand that you need to build your life. You understand that you need to you know, take it easy with yourself so you can enjoy life. That's what I mean by slow living. Similar to slow living is simple living, simple life. Take it easy, simplify things for yourself, don't complicate it. Another way I want to describe that is downshifting. Allah Akbar. Downshifting is um, something that emphasizes making gradual or small changes in your life rather than complete lifestyle change. Downsizing is you have so many things you want to do, but you decide to pick them one after the other, one after the other. Sometimes it can take some, some time of your life. Maybe your children are still in school now, and you want to, you know, downsize 
the kind of car that you drive, you understand it now. You, you, you could afford to buy a very expensive car, but because your children are still in school, you like just slow down, ensure that they pass through school, you pay their school fees to some extent, then you now move on to another level, now to another level. You may not build your own house yet, not because you don't have the money, but because you know you have some other things on the way. That's what we mean by downshifting. You pick it one at a time. If you can do this, your life is going to be beautiful. You will not be under duress. Imagine if you are to pay school fees and house rent at the same time. You can imagine the stress. All the money you have worked for, you just like pack them and give to your landlord, and you'll be looking at him with bad eyes. It's not his fault. He has to collect his rent. And then you start quarreling with the school authority where your children go to school. You say they reminded you too much. They have to remind you. Why? Because if you know how to downsize your life, you'll be able to take one step at a time. In fact, make sure school fees and house rent don't fall at the same time. That's what I mean by that again. Then sustain your living. Any kind of lifestyle that you cannot sustain is not a beautiful lifestyle. Right? If you have a car you cannot maintain, you have a house rent that you cannot pay, then you are not, um, you are not living a sustainable lifestyle. Live a kind of lifestyle that your income can contain. Or if you think you want to get something bigger, then get a bigger job or do some bigger things or some different things that will not affect the simple life that you want to live. Life of not being pushed around by anyone. And alongside with that also, we have the halal living generally. If you live a life of halal, it's possible your life is going to be beautiful. What do I mean by that? Earn what's halal. And from halal source, that's a risk halal for dunya. Halal sustainers in this world, then a risk halal for dunya can also be goodly sustainers in this world. Pure sustainers, risk toyib. The prophet told us to say, Oh Allah, give us the aruziki, the provision that is wide, broad, plenty. But with blessing in it, toyiban, and with purity. If you can pray for this, then you are going to get a beautiful life. And then let me mention this other one too. Contentment is another way of living a beautiful life. That's al-qana'ah. We call it contentment. When you, what you have, you are contented with it, your life is beautiful. The Prophet said, Less al-gina and kathrat il-arath, wala gina gina naf. It is not um, wealth or richness for a person to have abundance of worldly goods but richness is contentment with your lot, with whatever Allah has given to you. And that's why we should pray. Ibn Abbas related this hadith that the Prophet um, taught them to say, Oh Allah, make me contented with the provision you have given to me. And bless me in it and appoint good for me in everything which I do not have. Even thing I do not have, let it be that it is good for me that I don't have it. That's the peak of all contentment. Allah Akbar. May Allah make it easy for us. Now, let me now move to the final aspect of beautiful living now. And I'm sure you are going to love this too. That is the fine art of living. It is the idea that one can live his or her life like a work of art, like a designer product, a kind of life that is not half a sad. A kind of life, thank you, a kind of life that's a masterpiece. A life that will appear as if you design it by yourself. Now, you know, so many things happen to us in life. So many things come to us in life. Sometimes you don't really have what you want. Sometimes what you have is not what you want. Sometimes. Sometimes you also want to have certain things so as to be able to live some lifestyle, right? But when your life is like the art, or it's a life of art, you like have a say in how your life is designed. Allah Akbar. Let me see if you can understand this. We know what it means for a, for a painting to be beautiful. But what about life? What does it mean for a life to be beautiful? Like a great work of art, great people exhibit style, originality, and creativity in everything they do. Then the art of living, therefore, it's the kind of life that you have put some things in order such that people will look at you and they believe or they see that your life is beautiful and you convince yourself that your life is actually beautiful. 
And this is what brings us to the matter of taste. What is taste? What is, does it mean when somebody has a taste? Because it's dark. Taste. That the Quran says, cool enough since that equal to the mouth, every soul will have a taste of death. So this dark, dark, the, the taste. What is the taste in Islam? What is the taste of Islam? What is the spirit of Islam? A good taste, somebody with a good taste is an aesthetic. From aesthetics, it's an aesthetic. An aesthetic is a person that has great sensitivity to the beautiful. The Prophet said, Allah himself is beautiful. And doesn't love any other thing apart from what is beautiful. Another hadith says, Allah loves what is pure. Allah will not accept from anyone except what is pure. I need to underline that. Purity, aesthetics are part of the taste of Islam. It is a kind of conozo. It's a kind of ethic. Somebody that has pizzas. The Muslim is somebody that has pizzas. What does pizzas mean? <laughs> somebody who has energy. Somebody who has style. Somebody who has zest. Somebody who has zinc. Somebody who has some little bit of glamour. Somebody who has a dash. Somebody who has panache. <laughs> Someone who has flair, someone who has elegance, someone who has confidence, someone who has the spirit, someone who has the candor, somebody who is there, someone who is living, someone who is alive. Islam is not a religion of dead person. It's not a religion of stench. Among the things brother love most, perfume is one of them. Do you know the style of Rasulullah? Please, brothers and sisters, do you know the Prophet was a stylish human being? Made a prophet. As a human being, he was stylish, now a prophet of Allah. Whenever you see somebody practice Islam and it looks somehow, this person doesn't understand the stylish nature of the Prophet. How can you say you are keeping to the Sunnah and people find rice in your beard? Ah. <laughs> yeah, Allah. Ah. It's painful. How do you want Rasulullah to feel seeing you like that? If 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 there's no zest, there's no life, there's no bounce, there's no spring in your moving, you move around and you are slouching. Did you hear about Sifat Rasulullah? Whenever he was moving his chest up, and he moved determinedly. He didn't move dragging his feet. The prophet was the style. That was a beautiful life. There were no mirrors around. He was still looking to a settled water to adjust his beard. There were times when the prophet would be doing, uh, what, what we call, what we do during Ramadan. During the last time of Ramadan in the masjid, itikaf. Prophet was doing itikaf one day, eh? and he like put his head out through the window for his wife to comb his head for him. Please look at a prophet with pizzas and panache. <laughs> now, when we talk about beautiful life, it's not the way we live it. Some of us we don't even know what beauty is anymore. Look at call to Adhan. It is beautiful on its own. Call to prayer. It is beautiful on its own. Recited the Quran, the Prophet said, You are not one of us if you don't read the Quran with sweet voice. Even reading with sweet voice is part of the pinash of Islam. Wearing nice dress. Why do you think Prophet loved white dresses? Because it was neat, it was clean, it was impeccable. That is the Rasulullah, whose lifestyle we are supposed to follow if you want to have a beautiful life. Check it out now. A prophet, a prophet, not you and I, not Sally and Adam like us. A prophet will even have time to race with his wife, to joke with his wife, to play with his wives. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Think about it now. Reason this matter now. So where do we get beautiful life if not from Rasulullah himself? 
read this hadith. There is, there, you see people will interpret hadith based on their own zauk. Is this taste I'm talking about? Don't you see how a masjid is supposed to be beautiful? The architectural designs are state of the art. Life has shifted. Technology has come. You can, you, you can listen to the Quran anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Beautiful recitations. This is what we want for Islam. Live a very beautiful life because that is what Islam is by default. If you can try and put all of these things, the principles of design, of art, into the practice of your Islam, you are going to end up with a beautiful life. Look at the building blocks of, of, of design. We have contrast. You know, you have rhythm. Just like you have it in the Quran. The rhythm is beautiful. The proportions are beautiful. When you look at all of these principles of design, contrast, rhythm, proportion, balance, unity, harmony in your life. You, let your life be harmonious. Don't live one life like this one life. Let every aspect of your life, economic life, religious life, spiritual life, family life, social life, political, let everything be harmoniously beautiful. That's what we are saying. You can't say you have strong iman and you don't dress well. You just move around like mashed potato. It's not nice now. It's not nice. When you wear perfume, wear a nice perfume. Not, not this one that, that smells like what they use for embalming people in mortuary. Yeah, and don't, don't let your home look like, like a mortuary, like a cemetery. Put flowers. Add life here and there. Be alive, Muslims. This is a lifestyle. That is why most architectural design of masjid, they put all shots there. They put palm trees there. You will read some hadith. They said the prophet was walking through a garden. They said the prophet was in an orchard. Don't you read where this pro the prophet spent most of his time? There's the sunnah part of chilling. You got to learn how to chill sunnatically, if there's anything like that. So look at emphasis. You kind of emphasize some nice things. The movement of the way you move, the way you do your thing. And then variety in your life variety. I'm not saying Islamic lifestyle is when you listen to the Quran 24-7. Sometimes you listen to the Quran, you stop. You do other things, you gist, you talk, you laugh, you joke, you play with your family, you rest, you wake, you jog, you exercise. Don't tell me that doing nafila is equal to exercise. There are two different things. Don't be lazy. Get up and exercise. Stop telling me that if you do 12 rakats, it's as if you have exercised. They are not the same thing, excuse me. So it's when we want to be lazy that we talk like that. We want to be lazy, all of us, many of us, many of us, many of us. So instead of choosing to merely exist, I urge you to experience life. This life is not a rehearsal. A beautiful life is the life of Islam. It depends on how you understand it and how you choose to interpret it. But I want you to interpret it with the viewpoint of the thou, of the taste of beauty. When Allah described paradise, Allah described paradise with beautiful things. You see, they will cover themselves with some clothes made of brocade, golden things. This one is green, this one is that. These are beautiful things. Allah is enticing us with paradise so that we have fit dunya hasana. It's for us to understand that we should live life here. I urge you to live a life, a life that is beautiful. It doesn't always have to do with money. Everything is not money made. Most things are mind made. If you position your mind to have a beautiful life, you will get a beautiful life. The prophet said the affair of a believer is good, always. If Allah gives him what he wants, he is grateful. If Allah tries him with some things, he's also grateful. So it's all the same. That's why it is mind-made. A poor person that you call poor, if he knows how to live a beautiful life, he'll be happier than you. You know, it's like when you drink water, you enjoy the taste of water in your mouth, unless you have dental problems. Whatever food you eat or drink, savor the taste in your mouth. Don't just gobble the way we do. If you want to sleep, sleep very well. That's why the prophet will say, lie on your right side and make the right voice. That means you sleep intentionally. Not you fall asleep on the couch in the parlor. And then you wake up with your neck tilted to one side with a lot of pain. When, <laughs> may Allah forgive me. Yeah, may Allah forgive me and forgive all of us too. 
We have not been doing this in slang well, honestly. If you look at it very well, we are not trying at all. Some of us try, you know, some of us we try. We try so much, we got 30%. <laughs> but let us try more. Instead of choosing to exist, please experience life. Experience the time. Experience now. Don't kill yourself with thoughts. Don't kill yourself with anxiety. Enjoy the beauty of the smile on the faces of your children. Enjoy the beauty of wearing what you have. Enjoy the beauty of being contented with what you have. Enjoy the beauty of your small room apartment, as small as it is. If I provide for you, buy paint. Paint it beautiful color. And eat what is good for yourself. Of the purest thing you have given to you, eat of it. So long as it's not haram, go ahead and eat good food. Please, that's how to live a beautiful life. And it is most beautiful when the whole of your life is of benefit to others. When you bring smiles to the face of others, when you help those who cannot even thank you, and when you assist those who are weak, and you let your life and your existence be an aesthetic thing in the eyes of people, in the eyes of Almighty Allah, when your existence brings beauty to the lives of others, when your existence brings joy to the lives of others, when your existence brings smile to other people, when you promote what is good and you are engaged in doing what is good, that way you can live a beautiful life of pizzazz and pinash. Welcome to a beautiful life. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.